Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello, 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 and welcome today to your Ultimate Life. We're on episode, what, 619. I love it. We'll be closing in on episode 730 pretty soon. What is 730? Two years. Today, we are talking about another monster. The monster of I'm not blank enough. Now, in that blank comes many things. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. And there all those people go down this walkway in an airport. This is a, a on-purpose blurry picture in an airport of things going by quickly. And we often live with this silly story of I'm not something enough. I've heard I'm too old. I'm too busy. My time has passed. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the skill. I can't learn that. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy. I, you know, and more words than I can think of right now. And he, let's just be clear. There is no um, leaderboard of life that sits on the wall of the universe where it has a list of not good enough, not cool enough, not smart enough, and a big long list of names underneath and your name or my name on that list in red. It, there's no such list. Okay, let's get clear. There's no such list. That story lives only one place. That story lives in your head. And that's true even if somebody else, a friend, a mate, a family member said to your face, you're not good enough, cool enough, smart enough, you can't this and that. Them saying it doesn't make it true. Let's get really clear. Somebody telling you you suck doesn't make it true. The only thing that makes it true is when you believe that thought. Are you clear with that? The only thing that makes that true is you choosing to believe that thought. Now, that choice can get easier and easier when you believe it and 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 live into it and don't try things and run away from stuff and procrastinate and give in to fear. And so that all reinforces it. But it starts with a thought, you believe the thought, and then you behave according to that belief. So let's, let's dig in there a little bit deeper. From our earliest moments in life, things happen to us, you know? Maybe as a baby you roll over and fall off the bed, or you try to stand up and walk and you fall down and bump your head. You know, things happen to us. And then we create stories about that. Now, when we're young, we tend to blow that stuff off and we keep trying stuff anyway, right? You fall down, hurt yourself, you still get up and learn to walk. I've never heard a, a baby say, oh, damn, this is just too hard. I'm just going to skip all this walking stuff and crawl the rest of my life. I've never heard that or even heard of it. Nonsense. Because you don't yet have the 
practice, the bad habit practice of giving into a disempowering belief that says, I can't X, right? That comes later, and it comes when either internally or externally we get this reinforcement that says, you can't do that. We start believing it. Maybe we have some experience where we failed a time or two, or we've been knocked upside the head, boom, it didn't work. Or uh, I have an example of where I was doing a piano performance. I made a mistake, you know, some pretty significant mistake. And then, oh, terrifying. And that I wore that for a long time. And it affected me not just in the piano, but the idea that when it comes right down to it, in public performance, I'm going to choke and fail. That idea was implanted. And it had the very predictable consequence of number one, making me not try things. And number two, when I did, I always carried up to the performance, whether it was on stage or speaking or anywhere, carried to the performance this rock, this heavy rock of, oh, I'll probably screw this up. So whether it's from real experience, even repeated experience, the voices and language of others, all of those things happen to everybody, you, me, all of us, in different ways and different amounts, but they only have power when you believe them. And they continue to have power as long as you believe them, and they quit having power the minute you dismiss them. Now, when you dismiss them, and here's what we're talking about today, this monster of I'm not blank enough about how to get rid of that. So here is the first thing. I've been reading a book recently called Peak, like Mountain Peak, right? And I have an acronym that I use in coaching that uses that word, but I'm not going to do that right now. And it, but it has to do with the same things, your personal stuff and getting ready and action and activity and keeping it real and things that stand, you know, start with those letters, P-E-A-K. But in the book Peak, there is a 30-year, the, the definitive 30-year study of people with extraordinary abilities, capabilities, and everything else. And the discovery there is you can pretty much learn to do anything you want. The, the natural endowment or talent or gift that some people seem to have and make it easy and so forth plays no role at all or a microscopic role in anything. And that if you do deliberate practice, and that's a phrase coined in the book, which is a certain kind of rehearsal, effort, learning process and repetition, you can learn to do anything and you can get to be really good at it. So the idea that you're not blank enough is nonsense. All right. With all that said, here's the, the thing I want to emphasize. So how do we do that? It's easy for me to say, okay, you can learn to do anything you want. You've heard that a million times. You can have anything you want. You can do anything you want. Is that really true? When I say you can do whatever you want, you can learn whatever you want, you can have whatever you want. What goes on inside of you? Give an objection. Objection, counselor. No, I can't. And you're just saying that to make me feel good. Does that all come up for you? Well, if it does, don't worry about it because that's pretty normal. 
So let's take this apart and figure out how to make some progress against this monster. First of all, recognize all those stories came from the past. That's it. You have a set of experiences that have happened to you. From that set of experiences, you create a set of beliefs. You have the experience or you hear the words and you believe them. That's good because they happened. So believing that they happened is essential because it's an incontrovertible fact. What we then do that is not good is we believe that that will define the future. That because that happened, it must continue to happen. Like there's no way out of that. There's no way to change that. That is the first fundamental mistake. Because something happened once does not mean it will happen again. And in fact, the idea of deliberate practice is the method to prevent that. So I'll use an example of learning to play a difficult piece on the piano. When you approach a difficult piece, one of the things you do is you listen to others who play it well. So you get a sense of how it's supposed to go. Then you look at the music and you assess your own skills because your own technical facility, uh, how fast your fingers move and how wide your fingers stretch and you know how well you move them in between, you know the distance of finger reach and how good your third and fourth fingers are. All those things matter and they're different for every single person, not so much because of genetics, but because of the work that you've done up until now. So when I look at a difficult piece, I assess what the requirements are of that piece. How many times do I need to do this? Where does the music move fast? Where is there a large reach? Where are there some awkward timings or rhythmic complexities? And the difficulty is based on my skill because someone else might have developed that particular facility and so their difficulty would be in different measures, different parts of that piece or performing whatever skill, right? So assessing my own uh, skill in the context of that assignment or piece or project is important. And then going to work on that thing in a deliberate fashion. See, when you casually rehearse something, you whether it's learning to play tennis, learning to play the piano or public speaking or anything else, uh, a casual practice means you do the same mistakes over and over again. You get stuck in the same place. You f- kind of gloss over the hard parts and you don't actually take them apart. Deliberate intentional practice is to identify the difficult parts and focus on them and then figure out what technical facility, whether it's a piece of learning, a piece of your internal dialogue, or in the case of piano, some finger work that needs to be worked on and then do the intentional finger stretching work to improve that facility, that capability, that technical skill. Now, I've described that in terms and then do it and do it and do it, doing it right, slowing it down until you can reach and play and you teach your fingers the muscle memory required to do it and do it right over and over and over again until nine times out of ten you've done it perfectly instead of nine times out of ten made the mistake and then one or two times accidentally done something well. And now that principle is true whether you're learning to play tennis, whether you're learning to play the piano, 
whether you're learning to recite the periodic table or learning other some other you know mental facility or learning a skill, learning how to speak in public, learning how to network, learning how to close deals in your business. All of those things involve some areas of skill you already have and some areas of skill that you don't have. Because if you had the skill all the way through, it'd be easy and you wouldn't be practicing it. So it, it involves identifying the things that are difficult for you. And that, again, that may be different than someone else. Making an intentional process to stretch, to work on, to improve those difficult things. Get them up to speed, so to speak using the piano metaphor again, but getting them up to speed and then integrating them into your other skills and in the, the whole piece, the whole context. Now, I've used the piano metaphor, and I used it because I'm very familiar with that, but it also applies to playing tennis, which I learned to do in high school. That was the one sport I did good at, and I got my high school athletic letter on my sweater in tennis, right? And I wasn't even that good, but that was the one I did. The principle applies to everything. Now, I want to get to the very last part of this, and that is the mental game. Now, I've told you the physical activities, and if you want to read the book Peak, it's a great book. The, the mental activity is the game of choice. You can choose to continue to believe you can't, or you can ask yourself a different question, what if I can or, what would it take so that I can? That might mean, and it often means, getting help. Those that get to high levels of performance in any sport, skill, talent, anything, have coaches. Okay, they just do. Right? I'm recording this now in the middle of the Winter Olympics or near the end. And... No one would show up at that level of competition that didn't have a coach and hasn't had many coaches. Well, that principle is true no matter what you're trying to get good at. Now, if you're content to live a mediocre life and you're content to just get by and you're content to do, have everything just be good enough, then you don't need to do that. You can, you can have yourself be good enough. You can teach yourself to be good enough. You can watch some YouTube videos, how do I do this, and learn to do things good enough. If you're satisfied with good enough then you're done. Most people aren't. Most people have a yearning. They know they can do more, be more, and have more. And then they run up against this, but I'm not blank enough. That is where coaching is appropriate and essential. The minute you start having the story, I'm not anything, and you'll feel it in your body. It might be in your heart, it might be in your stomach, it might be in your shoulders, back, muscles somewhere, neck. You'll feel it in your body. The minute you have it, Start making notes, like what is it that you're afraid of? And I have a whole course on living without fear, and if that interests you, you should go find that course on my website. But it is not required. This is the fundamental and final point. You don't have to live in fear, and the story, I can't do that, is a myth. You can end that story, get the help, you want and accomplish anything you set your mind to. It's going to take work. It's going to take an investment of time and cash if you're going to hire a coach to help you get somewhere and really perform at the level your heart wants and the level your soul is yearning for. But the real answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And the story of I'm not blank enough is a myth.
And as long as you believe it, you continue to allow the past to define the future. The minute you drop the hammer and say, I'm done with that, and I may not know exactly what to do or where to get the help right this minute, but what I do know is I can make it, I'm going to find the help, and I'm going to take the action until I get there. Then you will master the monster of I'm not blank enough. I can also tell you that when you master that and you become the determiner, the architect, the creator, the sovereign of creating every day, then you are creating your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet.